what should I be doing now if I'm thinking about selling my business in a year, two years, five years? What do I need to be thinking about so I ring the cash register in a huge way and I don't leave a lot of money on the table? Welcome to the Post Purchase Pro Podcast. This is the only podcast that dives deep into post-purchase marketing to help Amazon sellers increase sales, ranking, reviews, and profits. It's everything that happens after the initial sale that makes a difference. We call this the back end. This is the Post-Purchase Pro Podcast, and today we are hosting a very, very special guest from FE International. It is actually the CEO and founder, um, Thomas. So, Thomas, I know that we were just speaking before the call, and you were kind of giving us some insight into what you guys do really, really well, and not only that, but also what sellers need to be doing to make the most money possible. And I know for us, um, we've built many, many businesses on Amazon and off of Amazon over the years, and we always make the most money when we sell the business. So um, when when we were bringing you onto the podcast, I got really excited to talk about that thing that I'm most passionate about. Thomas, we've actually sold 17 of our businesses. So we love this process. We're super excited to have you. So Thomas, before we get into the the details here, tell us how did you become the CEO and founder of this amazing company? Sure. Well, firstly, thanks very much for inviting me on. Um, always appreciated. Um, so I started FE in 2010, so 12 years ago now. Um, at the time, I was a, a college student buying and selling very small websites for uh, extra cash. Uh, I didn't really want to get a job. I graduated in that year. Um, and for those of you who remember, 2010 was not a very good year to graduate. World economy was a disaster. <laughs> weren't many jobs out there. So I figured I'd give working for myself a, a, a go. Um, so started buying, selling, really small websites. Back then, I wrote a book about what I was doing. So essentially, like how to buy and sell websites for profit. I thought the business was forever going to be essentially teaching people how to do that. But what I found is there were a huge number of business owners out there who did not have a service that could help them sell their business. So people with much bigger established companies that I'd never kind of did not have the ability to build myself because I had no money would come to me and say, Hey, Thomas, I read your book. It's got some really good information about how to sell, but I actually don't want to do it myself. Can you help me? And I guess, being an opportunistic entrepreneur, I thought that'd be a good idea. So started doing that for the first two years of the business. It's kind of funny looking back, we didn't have a website. You could email me. So basically 100% of our business was referral. It was kind of very much like behind the scenes. People would get introduced to me and then it kind of snowballed from there. So the industry you see today, there are many people out there who have now sold a business in this industry. If you go back 12 years, you would find very few people. Um, so really from there, the business has just compounded. We're now over 60 people in the M&A team. Um, we have four offices, one in New York, one in Miami, one in San Francisco, where I'm based, and um, one in London as, as well, where we originally started out. In, in the last 12 years, we've sold over 1,200 businesses, well over a billion dollars in total valuation, and that's really been of compounding over the years, starting from doing really small businesses that were, like I said, $100, $200. And now we do deals up to $100 million. So a real range. Congratulations, Thomas. That's amazing. Starting off in your 
um, college years to building this thriving business. You've sold um, a lot of businesses now and you have a lot of experience. So Thomas, um, some of the things that I want to touch on today are if I am building a business to sell and you know a lot of our audience um, is selling on Amazon and we're building brands with the idea that we're going to eventually exit and then have this life-changing amount of money and then do something else, whether that's another business or pursue a hobby or the next version of their career. But like, what should I be doing now if I'm thinking about selling my business in a year, two years, five years? What do I need to be thinking about so I ring the cash register in a huge way and I don't leave a lot of money on the table? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, it's, it's really important to think about today, even if you're not planning on selling for five years, 10 years. So the first thing you have to think about, and this is what most people don't really do, is what you're actually trying to achieve from an exit. So for most people, it's it's one of two things or a combination. So it's either a value-based goal. So I want to sell for a million dollars, $5 million, $10 million. And usually that's tied to some sort of personal goal, like they can pay off their debt, they can buy a house, they can take a nice vacation. If they have parents, maybe they want to retire their parents, maybe their husband or wife or whatever doesn't have to work ever again. Um, and that number is very personal. There's no number you can tell them or I can tell them. Everyone has a different number. Right. Some people then have a, a time-based goal. So it might be, oh, um, I, I want to sell by the time I'm 40 or by the time I'm 50, or I want to sell in two years time. I want to take a vacation. Uh, maybe my kids are going to college, whatever it might be. Everyone has a different reason there. And then sometimes it's a combination of those two. So the sooner of date or value. And the reason why it's so important to think about that, even though it seems a bit maybe obvious, is if you have a goal to sell for, let's say, $20 million, which is quite a common goal we come across. It's quite a common deal size we we, we work on. And your business is currently worth a million dollars. This is not a pitch, but one of first things we do as part of our service, we offer everyone a free valuation. So if you come to us and get a free valuation and you're currently worth a million dollars and your personal goal is 20, then what you have to do to answer your question to go from 1 million to 20 million is completely different from if you come to us and your business is worth 16 million and you want to get to 20 million. So the same plan does not work for the same two businesses and the same two people because their outcome and their goal is completely different and where they are today will not necessarily be similar so if you are at that million level you want to get to 20 probably you don't need to listen to me at all you just need to get your head down and just grow your business there's no kind of exit planning checklist which is gonna 20x the value of your business overnight that it, that just doesn't exist um and if it did i probably wouldn't be working by now because i would be <laughs> retired but there's no there's no secret like that that can happen if you're at 16 million and you want to get to 20 there are some things you can start start thinking about i think one of the good things about product businesses where you're selling on amazon is in almost all cases the business is not built around you as a founder it's probably not your face on the the label or the bottle or whatever you're selling so removing yourself from the business is generally relatively easy if you're private labeling a product or whatever you might be doing as part of your business model, then it's generally quite easy to transfer that relationship to a new buyer, depending on your relationship with 
supplier, what kind of agreements or, or contracts you, you have in place. Um, but they're the kind of things you should be thinking about if you're at that 16 million level trying to get to 20. If you're at the 1 million level trying to get to 20, you probably need to be much more grassroots. You, you might need to just realize it might even be that the reality is your $1 million business can never grow to 20. There are many businesses that fit that. Or it may well be that, quite honestly, I'm a little bit old school in my approach. You just have to work harder and <laughs> be a little bit more patient and wait a little bit more time. So some people will then maybe change their goals because it could be the the $16 million business owner says, actually, you know what? I still have a bit more energy. I want to work a bit longer. I'm going to change my goal to 30 million or, or 50 million. Um, and that's fine. But it's very important you don't just start with a generic checklist of exit planning tips and start working through it because goals can be completely different and what you have to do can com be completely different depending on where you are today. Yeah, that that uh that totally makes sense, Thomas. Um, when should sellers start preparing to sell their business? Should I do that right away when I start? Should, should I wait until I'm profitable? Um, w when's a good good idea for a seller to start thinking about when to sell their business? Yeah, so I would say to people, don't worry about it at all when you're starting out. Don't even think about it. It is definitely useful to understand that it is possible to sell your business. I don't think you should start something without a potential end in mind. But I guess know that any product business you build, which is profitable if you're selling on a platform like Amazon, is going to be sellable. There's almost no exceptions to that. As long as you're making money, there'll be someone out there willing to buy it. So know that on day one. And then as you are building a business, I think the best time to start thinking about selling once you hit that profitable level um, is start with a evaluation. And there are many good M&A advisory firms like us will offer you free valuation. So you don't have to pay anything. There's no real obligation. It doesn't take a huge amount of time. Get that as early as you can. And then you can start figuring out how far away you are from an exit. And then once you get to within... I always think about a year out. So if you're at that, say, 16 million level, you want to get to 20. In almost all cases, you're probably only a year out from being able to sell. That's the stage where you need to start kind of going through a almost like an exit plan checklist of things to do. I'd say for almost all e-commerce businesses and, and any businesses, really, the, the number one error that we see or problem is inaccurate financials. Um, so get your accounts into order. And then something that a lot of people don't do is they, they leave way too much value on the table. There's a bunch of stuff they just like haven't done very well. So they might say, oh, we have a, an email list of 10,000 people. And you say, well, when, when did you email them last? Oh, we, we haven't emailed them. We've been, we've been busy, but it's a great opportunity for a buyer. It's really simple to set things up to make sure you're like retargeting customers so at a minimum you need to make sure that any really low-hanging fruit you do otherwise you're just leaving value on the table there's no such thing as a, a business where you cannot do things which you think will grow the business and a buyer is going to pay you a massive premium because you haven't done it yet so yeah. if there's anything you think is going to make money and grow your business do it now yes it's important to leave some growth opportunities on the the table but i think one thing and this is something that still surprises me to the day after doing 1200 deals 
that there's a vast pool of buyers out there with a huge range of experience and they will all look at businesses in a different way. So we have some buyers we work with who don't really know anything about Amazon, but they want to buy successful Amazon businesses and then their entire business model will be then go get it into retail. So go to Target, Walmart, Costco, whatever it might be, and they sell it into retail. But if you as your business owner building your Amazon business, most people don't even think about retail at all. So some of the opportunities that may not necessarily be available to you are available to potential acquirers. So don't leave like a to-do list of growth opportunities on the table, get them out of the way. And the number one thing that I already mentioned is e-commerce businesses we look like have messy financials up front. Uh, about a third of our team are accountants and auditors. So a big upfront part of our service is auditing financials before we even go out and list a business. I love it. So Thomas, um, you were talking about, you know, you can almost sell any product business that, um, because there's no there's no face behind the brand it's like you can just transfer the asset and it's like the blue man group you know paint anybody blue and they can stand in and be be in the group right so that's that's a really strong point and that makes these um, e-commerce and amazon brands really really valuable but one of the things you mentioned was don't leave an opportunity sitting there because you think that a buyer is going to magically know how to utilize this asset that you haven't even done. You have to prove that you have an opportunity by actually executing on that opportunity. So we see in Post-Purchase Pro, we see people come into our program all the time that have a 50,000 person email list and they've never touched it. And they say, well, isn't this valuable? Well, we don't know. We have to go to work on that. And because of that, I think that your point is very valid that if you're if you think that you have a big opportunity to grow a product, to use an email list or whatever it is, you need to start proving that before anybody is going to believe that. So great point on that, Thomas. When you're starting to value these businesses, I know um, somebody who buys a one million dollar business and somebody who buys a fifty million dollar business is typically a completely different buyer. So how are you valuing them? And then what does this process look like as you jump through the different valuation levels? Just wanted to take a quick moment to ask a huge favor. We don't sell anything on the show because we just want to provide you with the best content and then let you get on with your day. As an Amazon seller, you know how important reviews are. And this podcast is no different. I would be forever grateful if you could take 30 seconds and leave us a review on your podcast app right now so we can help more sellers just like you. Thank you. Now let's get back into the show. Yeah. So firstly, we have a valuation model we've built out. Um, I say we is mostly the my very smart team. And essentially what we do at a really simple level is we take all of the data from all of the businesses we've ever sold. So that's 1,200 businesses. We track hundreds of variables from e each deal. Um, so that means if you take 1,200 deals, multiplied by hundreds of variables, you end up with tens of thousands of data points in a model. And then when we value a, a business, we will then compare it to similar businesses we've sold. And because we've sold so many businesses at this stage, chances are we've sold a similar business to yours. It might not be the exact same kind of product or industry, but probably we've sold a Amazon business making $10 million a year that has a private label product doesn't necessarily mean we've sold your exact product, but the valuation is going to be 
pretty accurate based off past data we have. And then we're essentially looking at all the variables that matter and are important. So it could be growth rate is a very important um, metric in e-commerce, but your reorder rate. That's why emailing is so important, because if you can prove that 50% of your revenue comes from repeat customers, that business is worth more from a valuation perspective than a business where 10% of revenue comes from repeat customers. And the easiest way to get people to buy again is email them. I think way too many people overcomplicate it. You don't really have to do that much at all. You just have to email them on a consistent basis. People will keep buying. Your business is worth more. So it's not just the fact that your business is making more in terms of revenue. So maybe you have a business that does 5 million revenue and you never email anyone. And then you roll out, say, 10 good email sequences, kind of birthday campaign, post-purchase campaign holiday campaigns, all of those things, maybe then increase your revenue to say seven and a half million dollars, which is quite realistic. Your business is not just worth the extra kind of 50% going from 5 million to 7.5. And obviously that's just revenue. So I'm assuming that all of your costs remain the same. Your business is probably worth even more because your multiple is going to be higher because you now have, well, in that case, at least 50% of your revenue coming from email from past customers. So there's lots of things you can do like that, which compound the, the value, which is why we look at so many different variables. There's not a thing. A lot of people think valuation is a case of take your net profit and multiply it by X. It, it's not that simple. It may well be that your, your business is always going to be a multiple of your net income, essentially, but there's no way of knowing what that number is unless you model it out. So we've always worked off past transactions. Um, but I guess for us, we're in that privileged position where we have a huge amount of data because we've sold a lot of businesses. Um, and that's also why we offer free valuations to people because you have no way of really accessing that information. All you can generally get is anecdotal data based on what friends have told you they've sold for or people in your mastermind group or what, whatever it might be. Someone you've met at a conference you can get it, but it's really kind of secondhand um, information. Once we've put together really high level how the process works, once we put together a valuation for you, tell you what your business is worth. If you say, yes, Thomas, or you're probably not speaking to me, you're speaking to someone in the team. Yes, Thomas, I want to sell. We then go through an audit process where we prepare the business for sale. So as I said, a big part of that is accounting due diligence. Um, and then we go out to a large network of buyers. We have an outreach process where we reach out to a range of buyers. So I think a lot of people in the Amazon space, for example, think the only buyer for your business is the Amazon aggregators. And there's maybe hundreds of them now who've raised a bunch of money. Some of them now don't have any money and aren't really in a position to buy. So a lot of people in the industry are panicking. But there's a huge... One thing I've learned moving from the UK to the US is a vast amount of capital out there, particularly in the US, looking to acquire businesses. Hence why we do so much outreach, because we'll reach out to companies you've never heard of, but they have $100 million looking to acquire businesses they can take to target and, and sell, because the person who raised $100 million used to be, say, the chief marketing officer at Target or, or whatever might be. I mean, that's a random example, but there's a huge number of businesses like that 
out there that you've never heard of. Um, and then we run a bidding process. It's kind of obvious, but the more offers you get for a business, the more you're going to get for it. If you just get one or two, you're probably going to be in a weak negotiating position. We generally aim to get five to 10 good offers for a business. And then from there, part of that negotiation, there's a due diligence period, contract negotiation, and then through to close. So that's super high level what the process looks like, what valuations look like. Wow. So Thomas, as the founder of FE International, you've seen 1,200 businesses get sold. And I didn't tell you to say this, but you said email marketing is pretty much the number one way that you can grow your valuation by increasing your sales because you can create more repeat orders. Is that what you're saying? Uh, absolutely. And you definitely did not tell me to say it, but it's the almost always the biggest low hanging fruit. Uh, so every time I do a presentation, one of my slides is always related to how to grow the value of your business. And the title of the slide is get customers coming back. What, what so many people do is they spend all of their marketing dollars on trying to get new customers in the door. And they spend zero marketing dollars or a much smaller percentage or like brain power trying to get your existing customers coming back. Because in my business, for example, we spend over half of our marketing budget is getting customers coming back, spending time with our past clients, even if they've sold a business, whether that's through email, live events, we do lots of different things to keep in contact with them. But it's such an easy thing to do. Doesn't cost much. A lot of it can be automated, depending on your LTV. For us, as a business where average client is worth six figures in fees, yes, it's I can personally email people. In the average e-commerce business, if you have a average order value of seventy-five dollars, you need to create some more <laughs> automation for that to be viable. You probably can't have the founder physically writing personalized emails. Well, um, I love to hear you say that, Thomas. So in our business, across all of our Amazon brands, across all of our coaching businesses and post-purchase pro even, um, it's always between 41 and 67% of our revenue comes from existing customers. So people that are coming back and buying from us time and time again. So I love to hear you say that. We talk about it every single day. Using email and text marketing for Amazon sellers is exactly what we do at Post Purchase Pro because a lot of these Amazon sellers are totally ignoring their customers. They're just going out there and spending money every day to acquire a new customer, but ignoring the people that are already happy with them. So it's crazy to us. So Thomas, we love to hear you say that. So I know we are coming um, kind of to the close of our show. So Thomas, if I'm thinking about selling my business for 1 million or 100 million at some point in the future what should i do to get a hold of you guys and what's the first step look like yeah so as i mentioned before we offer free valuations to anybody whatever stage your business is at go to the feinternational.com website and you can navigate to get a free valuation tell us a little bit about your business um, there's no automation in there so a real person will get in touch reach out to you, go through the valuation process. Um, and I always say to people, just be honest with us and the team, what you're trying to do. We don't, you don't have to pay us for evaluation. It is actually free. If you generally don't want to sell for two years, tell us that, um, but more than happy to help. Um, and if you're not ready to talk to someone, maybe a really early stage and you're just kind of curious, we have lots of resources, articles we've written about valuation. And then I guess podcasts like this resources we've put together in the past of people who are thinking about it, but not quite ready to take that first step. And then depending on how you're active, like I said, we send lots of emails. We send millions of emails a, 
a year. Um, also active on social media, so you can find us in lots of different places. Yeah, so the best place to go maybe is feinternational.com. Is that correct? It, exactly. Perfect. So if you want to get a free evaluation of your business, check out feinternational.com. Um, Thomas, you've been such uh, a great um, guest today. Um, before we jump out of here, I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite business book? So for me, um, it's Tipping Point. And I like, I don't know if you have read Tipping Point, but oh. the, the general concept behind Tipping Point is lots of people, and I see this all the time with early stage entrepreneurs, they give up too early. And the whole concept of Tipping Point is you do not know at which stage you're, in this case, like business is suddenly going to like make it like whether that's um being able to pay your rent whether that's suddenly being worth 10 million dollars but you just have to keep putting that work in which is why when we were talking about earlier you shouldn't get distracted early in your business worrying about how much your business is worth it's probably worth basically nothing when you've just launched it worry about growing it and just trust the fact that some stage you'll hit that tipping point where you'll suddenly be worth what you need to do but you need to do all the right things along the way. You need to be emailing people from day one. Don't just wait until you hit a million dollars and start sending emails. It's never too early to do. And then there's obviously lots of other strategies as well. I mean, you guys know much more about emailing than me. But I know in my own business, it's something we've done since day one. And it's a very powerful tool, yet often so underutilized. I love it. Thank you so much, Thomas. Guys, check out feinternational.com. Thomas, I know we're going to have you on one of our upcoming webinars, so you can go into a lot more detail about preparing a business for sale and what you should be doing now and the steps to take to get that done. So thank you so much, Thomas. I'll see you on the next show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Please take a second right now and share this podcast with someone you know that would find it valuable. The fastest way for us all to grow is to grow together. And if you haven't followed our podcast yet, do that right now so you won't miss out. I'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>